welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, where we look at the latest comics and other media featuring the Transformers. In this episode, the Transformers' triumphant return to comics continues as we review Skybound's Transformers number 2. Today is Friday, November 10th, 2023, and this is episode 363 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode. The podcast that'll do a barrel roll. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how's it going? Apollo, a.k.a. Robo Apollo. Hi, everyone. And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hello there. Let's talk Transformers. As always, we start off the show by thanking our Donatrions, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. Thank you all so much for continuing to help us out and support the show. We really appreciate it. Your contributions help keep us going and help us keep the lights on. So that's, uh, we really need that. So <laughs> thanks. Thanks for all, all your support. Of course, as you, if you are a Donatron, you get some bonus uh, perks, uh, access to bonus content. Uh, lots of good stuff. Uh, that includes our bonus show, We Like Big Bots. And you can see all 10 episodes of that on our Patreon page uh, featuring Daryl and Dr. Pants. Check those out. New episodes coming soon, we hope. And uh, of course, that as a tagline under the bottom. New episodes coming soon, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Eventually. Sometime. Perhaps. <laughs> and we've also got our Transformers live play RPG podcast, Empire of Rust. And we've got the side adventure going on right now, the uh, Rustford Files. And this week we had episode four, the three-bot problem that was released. So you can check that out at transmissionspodcast.com slash rust. Of course, you've got all of season one and season two of the Empire of Rust uh, storyline, uh, all the players there. Uh, and we've got four episodes of our side adventure continuing right now. So check all that out. And of course, we have to mention our exclusive Transformers number one cover done by with artwork done by EJ Sue. That is available only at transmissionspodcast.com slash comic. And uh, you can buy it directly from us. They're $15 plus shipping and handling. So go to our website, check that out. If you are interested in getting our exclusive cover with the artwork by the only uh, Transformers artist who previously worked on the IDW comics. All right. Uh, so this week we've got a, we're, Going back to uh, Transformers Comics Reviews, it's been uh, it's been pretty productive this fall. So uh, we're jumping in with a review of Transformers number two. All right, Transformers number two. This is Skybound's uh, continuing new series of the Energon universe featuring the Transformers. Writer and artist Daniel Warren Johnson, colorist Mike Spicer, letterer Russ Wooten, editor Sean Makowitz and Jonathan Manning, and publication design Andres Juarez. 
So there are a few covers, uh, not as many covers as Transformers number one, but uh, still, uh, you know, several covers out there. There we've got that connecting cover, uh, the second part of that. Uh, you can see the cover A on the on our video screen here. That's uh, that's um, the art by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. That their cover image. Um, and this is uh, cover B. Uh, I'm forgetting the artist at the moment, but uh, it's a cool tra- you know, transformation of this Optimus is the Prime. Afu Chan, I believe. Afu Chan, okay. Yeah, this is Optimus Prime in front of the Ark, uh, ju- you know, driving off a cliff and then transforming into robot mode. Um, there's the connecting cover. Uh, who was the artist on the connecting cover? This is the Orlando Orosina. Ar- yeah, so that's a that's a you know very very cool image there. It'll be like four pieces, and the, there's a couple other covers uh, we don't have. Um, this one that we talked about in um, in the trip to the store this week, uh, Daryl, this does say Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair in the credits for the comic. Okay, so mm. all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the story. So this was a, this was an interesting uh, continuation. So uh, we'll we'll talk about this. All right, a new day dawns after the Autobots escape from the Decepticons last night. Optimus Prime steps out to admire the view of nature. He is overwhelmed by the beauty of life teeming on planet Earth, so different from his home on Cybertron. But Prime is so enchanted by the view that he doesn't notice that there is also life underfoot. He steps on a baby deer, inadvertently crushing it to death. Optimus is distraught that he's taken a life with his carelessness. Spike, the Autobot's human friend, sees what happened and tries to console the gentle giant. Spike tells Prime it was just an accident, but Prime is harder on himself. This is not Cybertron, a world of metal. He should have known better and been more careful. Spike doesn't have an answer for that and decides to change the subject. He asks Optimus Prime about his name, and Optimus tells him the Prime name was passed to him from the previous Autobot leader and signifies his role in the Autobot hierarchy. This leads to Optimus asking Spike about his name, which leads to a discussion about family. Prime struggles to understand the concept of a mom and a dad, since that's not how little Autobots are made on Cybertron. But he does understand what it means to be family. Spike asks where about where Optimus came from, and we get the introduction of Cybertron and the war between the Autobots and Decepticons. Optimus tells Spike how there was peace on Cybertron for millennia before he came online, but the war was has consumed everything now. The Autobots have been fighting for two centuries to return Cybertron to peace, but they were losing badly. The Autobots had no choice but to escape Cybertron on the ship they built, the Ark, in search of a way to retake Cybertron from the Decepticons. But they didn't get away. The Decepticons tracked their ship and boarded it to crush the Autobots once and for all. The most powerful Decepticon, i.e. Megatron, personally led the assault on the Ark. The last thing Optimus remembers seeing was Spike's planet, Earth, right before they entered the atmosphere and crash-landed. When Optimus finishes his story, he again thanks Spike for helping him and the Autobots escape from the Decepticons. Spike offers his condolences for the yellow bot whom Starscream murdered in the battle. Prime slumps in grief and answers with one word. Family. The mood is lightened 
with the appearance of Cliffjumper back online. Optimus is happy to see another of his Autobots up and running. Spike tries to introduce himself to the new bot, but Cliffjumper recoils in fear. He's not used to all the icky organic things on this new world. Carly is not amused by Cliffjumper's skittishness and reminds him that the humans have more to fear from giant robots from outer space that can crush them effortlessly than the bots have to fear from any humans or other organic creatures. Cliffjumper calms down and gives Carly a proper greeting. Meanwhile, Ratchet is busy trying to get the other Autobots back online. The combination of Prime's trailer with raw materials left in the abandoned quarry has given him enough resources to bring more Autobots online. But it's not enough. Without a new source of Energon, Ratchet won't be able to revive anyone else yet. While the Autobots consider their options, Carly turns on a portable generator to run her airbrush equipment and adds a little bit more art to her van, the profile of Optimus Prime. Cliffjumper takes solace in the fact that if their Energon is low, the Decepticons must be too. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Starscream successfully raided the power plant last night and brought back enough energy to power the other cons. At the trash power plant, Sparkplug has called the police to tell them about the giant metal monster that attacked the plant and killed poor Davy. The cops are still skeptical despite the mutilated dead body. But not for long. The Decepticons have returned to the plant to collect more energy. Skywarp makes a horrific entrance, landing with a thunder in robot mode and crushing the police car underfoot. The humans scatter in terror as the other Decepticons join Skywarp. Soundwave commends Starscream for finding a promising source of energy. He has jury-rigged an energy transfer module from components on the Ark to capture more energy from the power plant. Meanwhile, the cop who was interviewing Sparkplug has more bravery than sense and tries in vain to shoot the Decepticons with his service pistol. Sparkplug tries to tell him to get back and run, but it's too late. Starscream gleefully steps on the officer with no hesitation. Skywarp rejoices as the energy transfer module drains energy from the power plant. Nearby, a U.S. fighter jet happens to be in the area. Command radios the jet to investigate some weird readings on their radar. The pilot acknowledges and changes course to check it out. The pilot apologizes to his passenger, a fellow soldier, who is hitching a ride to his next military assignment. On the ground, Soundwave has picked up the military communications and warned Starscream of an impending tactical response from the humans. Starscream is excited at this prospect of seeing what pathetic resistance the humans can muster and immediately transforms to jet mode to engage the approaching fighter. Starscream makes good use of the element of surprise as the pilot does not realize until it's too late that the jet approaching them is not one of theirs. Starscream opens fire and a dogfight ensues. The fighter pilot holds his own for a bit, managing to avoid Starscream's lock and doing some fancy flying to turn the tables. But just as the pilot gets a lock on Starscream, he transforms to robot mode in midair, swatting the fighter jet away with a giant metal hand. The pilot and his passenger are in trouble as the plane spins out of control. They manage to eject from the plane before it crashes, but that doesn't save the pilot. Starscream is still hovering right there in robot mode to greet the human pilot who thought he had escaped. Starscream smiles as he smashes the pilot between his two hands. The ejecting passenger watches in horror as his friend is murdered, but he's not helpless in his parachute. He clicks a button and the parachute disengages while his backpack unfolds into a jetpack with wings. The soldier grabs his sidearm from his holster and fires straight at Starscream. Uh, and 
The soldier grabs his sidearm from his holster and flies straight at Starscream. Starscream throws a punch but only catches the loose parachute. The soldier manages to aim at Starscream's head and fires a shot directly into his face. The blast does little more than annoy Starscream, but like most bullies, Starscream's only having fun if his targets don't fight back. He transforms back to jet mode and flies away, letting the soldier escape on his jetpack. As he flies away, we see the code name on the soldier's jumpsuit. Duke. Back on the ground, Skywarp has taken an interest in Sparkplug, the last living human still at the scene. Sparkplug takes another cop car and drives away while Skywarp playfully chases him like a cat toying with the mouse. But Soundwave tells Skywarp to look out as they've got bigger problems. The now empty fighter jet Starscream Dispatch is about to crash directly on Skywarp's head. The sound of the crash is heard all the way in the quarry. The Autobots, Spike and Carly, see the smoke. Spike knows the location is the power plant where his dad works. Cliffjumper uses a scope to zoom in and sees that the plant is under attack by Decepticons. Optimus doesn't hesitate. He has to go and try to stop the Decepticons and protect the humans. He brought their war to Earth, and it's now the Autobots' duty to defend it. Ratchet and Cliffjumper have to stay with the deactivated Autobots and work to get them back online, so Optimus is going to confront the Decepticons alone. Spike asks Optimus to let him come with him. Optimus refuses at first, but Spike says he has to go. It's his dad, his family. Optimus reluctantly agrees and transforms to truck mode. Carly asks Spike not to go, but Spike has to do this. It's what Jimmy would do. Prime and Spike drive off with Carly calling behind them. Carly gets into her van and decides she's going home to make sure her family is okay. As she drives down the highway back to town, she doesn't notice that a metallic bird has taken notice of her van. Laserbeak's super-accurate optic sensors catch the image of Optimus Prime on the side of Carly's van, and he decides to follow. As Carly gets home, she runs in looking for her dad, but only Sparkplug is there, in full tactical gear with several firearms. Carly is confused. She asks where Spike is and where's her dad. Sparkplug delivers the sad news. Her dad, Sparkplug's friend Davy, was the first to be killed by the Decepticons. And that's the end. To be continued. So, yeah, this was a... Uh, um, this was a little bit uh, slower paced issue, but it was kind of the necessary kind of setup for the Transformers. You know, we get a little bit more insight into Optimus Prime. We get kind of the the traditional story about Cybertron, where they came from. I mean, this is for for all, for you know fans of Transformers who've who've been living this stuff for the last forty years. It's it's not anything new for this uh, this origin story, but I think it's a nice uh, the way they reintroduce it is nice, and I think hopefully you know new readers, people who are picking up this and haven't looked at Transformers in a long time, are enjoying this story. I especially liked um, how uh, you know the Spike and Optimus Prime connected, and both you know the the kind of theme of family. Uh, connected to them you know how yes they're giant robots from an alien planet but they still understand family even if uh, you know the birds and the bees are not quite the same on cybertron so you know that's <laughs> there's there's no there's no mommy and daddy there, no mommy and daddy robots love each other very much and, and make little <laughs> baby robots but but uh but they still have the concept of family despite that um 
I can and, show uh, you some uh, art that will uh, disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll 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 leave the the rule thirty four fan art uh, <laughs> to where where let let's let it stay there. Not not bring it on the show. You can Google awesome search for that. <laughs> don't do it, Daryl. Don't yeah. make us cut your don't make us cut your feed. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um anyway, go on. Yeah, but I I I I thought this was a, a fun issue. I I mean it uh, it was a little bit less action packed than the first issue. Um but uh, it did. We did have Decepticons wrecking shit and killing people. So I mean, there's that. Um, this was a standard size issue, so this was only 20 pages. As the, the first issue was 30 pages, so he actually had a little bit more room to work with uh, in the first issue. But the second, I think the second issue was paced really well. Uh, it, it set the. I think the story flow flowed really well. Uh, it sets up for you know you're interested to see the next issue with Optimus Prime going to confront the Decepticons alone. Um, the artwork I thought was really great, uh, especially the, um, the, the word effects for, um, all the, uh, you know, for the different fight scenes. I mean, the, the one image of Starscream, uh, crushing the pilot in between his hands and the big splat, uh, in the background. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was intense. So, um. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really uh, I I think uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's uh, art is really really great, and I think you know since he's plotting the story and 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 he's really he's really uh, you know doing a good job with uh, with uh, pushing this uh, this forward here. Um, and we also get uh, the introduction of Duke, so we know that's going to go into Duke number one. So this is kind of the inciting incident. Uh, for the creation of GI Joe here, uh, which is interesting. So uh, we'll see where that goes in Duke number one next month. Uh, and uh, overall, uh, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, en- I'm enjoying uh, this uh, this reintroduction of Transformers. So um, also the twist of Carly's dad being Davy. The we thought Davy was kind of just a red shirt from issue one, but no, he was uh, he was Carly's dad. So. Yeesh, that's uh that's gonna be rough, uh, especially since uh, you know this is gonna be some conflicting things with uh, Carly. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure will be upset about uh, you know the Decepticons murdering her father, and then maybe even blaming the Autobots the same way Optimus Prime kind of blames himself for bringing uh, the Transformers to Earth. So we'll see uh, how that goes. And also, I really liked the. Um, the subtle way that Laserbeak uh, figured, like, caught, uh, you know, ca- caught up with Carly's van and started following her. Because when I was reading it, the first time I read it, I was like, why would Laserbeak follow this random van? That doesn't make sense. But then, I, you know, you can see in the artwork how, like, first in the in the first couple, ish, like, the earlier in the in the book, you have Carly airbrushing Optimus Prime on her van. And it's kind of in the background, so you, it's not really... There's not really a lot of attention drawn to it, but then in that at that page you see Laserbeak zooming in on that one image, like, oh, that's Optimus Prime. So clearly, <laughs> this human has seen Optimus Prime. So we're gonna follow, and uh, and you know, 
see what we can see. So I, I like that. I'm sure that's going to pay off in the next issue. Um, and uh, it's I thought this was this was good. I was I had fun. So yeah, good job, <laughs> good job, Skybound. Good job, Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. So uh, Apollo, what, what were your thoughts on this issue? And uh, your your boy Starscream uh, being kind of a really bad bully here. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I, I picked a problematic character as my favorite character. I mean, he was a villain. You know, he's a bad guy. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said, Charles, about I really like that they that family was a woven theme throughout this and i don't remember that being in like g1 so i think that's great that this is some this is a concept that they've taken from the more modern transformer um comics and stories and shows and whatnot um so i was not expecting optimus to crush a deer and I kind of like cringe, like got sick to my stomach reading it. I was like, oh, like, you know, I think I even made a noise reading it, um, you know, but it really showed, you know, like it's a, it was effective storytelling because it got me to feel things, you know, not just like reading mm-hmm. it. Like I could really feel Optimus being so troubled that he hurt this deer by accident you know and spike being like hey it's an accident i saw everything you know and that's how they connected and um you know and it was just visually you know you see optimus do that you know he steps on a deer and is like troubled and disturbed and he's like oh i need to be more careful life's so fragile here and then we switch to the decepticons and then i believe it's skywarp who just immediately squishes someone you know like you know (laughs) steps on them with like you know purposefully with intent Mm -hmm. to kill so um you know visually from a storytelling perspective it just really shows like you know the autobots aren't you know, are peaceful. They don't want to cause harm or damage. And yet, and then the Decepticons are just like, yeah, we're going to wreck some shit, you know, as you're saying. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, you know, it is really violent. We, you know, we, we learned that early on, like seeing the last issue that's like, oh, when Starscream squished that person, it was like, oh yeah, like this is going to be violent that, um, you know, I think we're going to be in for a lot of that. It seems like, um, I liked how intimidating Megatron looked too. It's just like, Oh, like he looks really scary. Um, yeah. um, yeah, really loving the art style. Like I know it's very, um, simple, you know, like the robots aren't, um, that detailed, the transformers aren't, but I love just how, you know, expressive it is and all the dynamic angles and that we're getting and the facial expressions has been really really good um looking forward to seeing the next issue um but yeah it's making me question starscream being my favorite character <laughs> i'm just like i'm like why didn't i choose optimus prime <laughs> um, but you know he's got a cool design and villains are fun so yeah, villain. You can yeah. you can you can like you can like bad villains. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm I'm enjoying it. You know, like I think they're doing a great job with it, and you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Daryl, uh, what did you think of this book? The uh, the start of it was was good. I uh, I liked the uh, not that it's a good thing, but the uh, the interaction with Optimus and the deer was was good. Uh, it it put it placed Optimus's character. You know, it showed us what kind of character he had. Um, and uh, and Apollo touched on it there. The the juxtaposition of Optimus is standing on the deer and Skywarp crushing, you know, Actually on purpose on was an ambulance that had just been loaded up with um, yeah. Carly's dad. Right. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting juxtaposition there. Obviously it places them both in very different spots. And for those people who are new to transformers, you get to really, you get a, a uh, you know, a Transformers 101 course here on who's bad and who's good and, and how bad they are. Um, you know, we really don't get a lot of characterization for, uh, you know, the Decepticons here. We just get a lot of, you know, they're bad. We get a little bit about Soundwave. We get, um, we get, you know, Starscream is the most we've got characterization for. The, um, the battle scene, I loved the Starscream, the dog fighting and stuff like that was amazing. The f- I I felt that you know I mm-hmm. I could f- go from panel to panel and I was I could follow it and it was not that it was easy to follow because I'm an idiot but it's it was just it was drawn so well and when the the pilots ejected and the right into Starscream's face and he says hi. I'm like, shit. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm like, okay. You know, I could, I could put myself in the pilot's face, you know, in, in their, Mm -hmm. in their head and think, you know, you're in trouble. I did not expect Starscream to just squish them. Right. But damn, you know, Mm -hmm. he's maniacal here. You know, he's, he's toying with them like a cat toys with a mouse right before it kills it. But it's just, it was fantastic, you know, and that that battle that battle every part of it was was put together perfectly the uh you know the art was was done really well um a lot of the like you said charles the sound effects and how they have they uh um they really uh they added to the art um mm-hmm. was was really well done i really did enjoy the way that this uh this was put together the uh I fully expected at some point we were going to get a backstory and, you know, this is, you know, where we come from and this is, you know, what happened and this is why we're fighting and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, uh, this is fine. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with it taking up, you know, uh, a, a third of this issue and it's, you know, it's no big whoop. I did notice that, uh, in one of the flashbacks here, you do see that beachcomber is getting taken out. So, you know, we may not have Beachcomber in this thing, so whatever. I like Beachcomber, but whatnot. Um, <laughs> it does paint Megatron as uh, a, a very, um, like, tyrannical kind of, uh, of a leader. Um, it also puts Megatron on the ship, I thought. Like, yeah. So, yeah. He was yeah. on so, the arc. Yeah, he was. So he's here somewhere, right? So... 
Yeah, so we've got, uh, you know, we haven't seen him yet, but he's he's on Earth somewhere. Um, the um, But yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, I'm going to be interested to see what the response of the humans are, because in previous comics and storylines, the humans can't really muster much of a response. Um, you know, and that's a shame because it's our planet, but we kind of suck when fighting jar large, you know, robots. Um, so hopefully we can, uh, you know, muster something here, but, uh, it's, it's been fun. I've been enjoying it so far. The art and the battles is great. Um, there was no wrestling moves in this one, which was fine by me. Uh, you know, <laughs> a little bit, the Megatron Optimus panel is kind of, kind of say it's wrestling. Eh. It, it actually, yeah, it is. Cause he's definitely doing an eye gouge, which if you've ever watched wrestling, prime probably spent the next few minutes just holding onto his eye as if he, he's completely blinded. Yeah. Right. Oh. Of course. Anyway, I like the issue. I thought it was great. Um, Cliff jumper seems to be the, uh, filling the bumblebee role here. He seems a little too chipper so far for, uh, for uh, you know, the characterization that I seem to remember for Cliffjumper. He seems more of, seems like he'd be more of a surly character, but uh, we've, got a, we've got a few more issues to kind of, you know, uh, see where that uh, the, they, they want to take this character. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to where they take this. Cool. Yeah, I mean, regarding humans' response, I mean, if you're if you're a cop and you have a uh, pistol, do you think that's going to do anything against a giant metal robot? That's a stand a for effort, you? Charles. A for effort. Yeah. But he probably figured he's not going to be getting out of this thing alive anyway, so he might as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, Jeremy, what were your thoughts? Uh, I mean, much the same as what you guys said. The I really enjoyed the characterization of Optimus at the beginning, just very clearly showing he cares for life regardless of where it's from, whether he understands it or not. It was just just so so simply put and just it easily shows you his character. And the contrast is just uh, amazing. I didn't realize that at first that it was the ambulance that, Skywarp had landed on until I was looking at it during the review. Um, the the Decepticons just don't they don't care at all. Um, the the choreography and everything was was really great with all the fights, but I think the the dog fight scene. I think Daniel Warren Johnson spent some time watching Top Gun because there was <laughs> um, when the the human pilot goes up to get behind Starscream, that's straight out of Top Gun. When, mm-hmm. like, Maverick kind of hits the brakes and mm-hmm. and stuff. So when I, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, you're, you're just pulling from, like, all the 80s right now. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I mean, clearly this is also set up for G.I. Joe, and I, I thought with just very little, they kind of show you Duke is a capable um human character that you know he he has some weaponry or some some gear that 
isn't really standard. So there's something going on here. So I'm looking to, forward to seeing where this is going. But then just the, the surprise with Carly's dad being the first guy that died. And we, I think we established in the last issue that Sparkplug has some uh, PTSD going on already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then seeing him in his full military uniform, it, it's, this is definitely like a little deeper than I was expecting. Like issue one was, I felt was fairly shallow in terms of, um, just kind of meaty stuff giving us a lot of, I mean, it was basically getting casual readers in and this, this is adding a lot more of that meat on the bone and, I, I'm really enjoying the little bits and pieces that we're putting here. Um, if you saw the, the police cars are, are clearly prowls alt alt mode. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, when, you know, that, that car is going to end up with where the Autobots are for it to become prowls alt mode. Um, I really liked the thing about Carly doing the spray painting. And like you, you said, Charles, that was a really, neat way of kind of showing laser beak and what laser beak is capable of as well as mm-hmm. just kind of carly you know i guess working things out through her art and through yeah. her van and i think i think it's just cool that she has you know this van that she's just constantly updating it's got like a barbarian and like a dinosaur or a dragon or something and she is she seems some shit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this wasn't our first rodeo. Yeah. So, it's just, it, it's, I think this, there's so many little things in here that are so done so well. And I'm just, I'm, I'm on board for the ride. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Cool. All right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's our review of Transformers number two. So, uh, we'll, uh, be eagerly awaiting Transformers number three next month, and I guess Duke number one. I mean, now, now, like Duke, Duke number one has my attention. I'm curious to see where Duke number one is going after <laughs> okay. after seeing this. So, uh, you know, now that that uh, we get a little bit more context for that that three page preview of Duke number one that was already published uh, a little while ago, um, so you it's, can see it's why also he's in the back of this book. Yeah, yeah. Um. Also, I guess, uh, was there anything in the letters page I wanted to mention? I think uh, they were, I mean, they were already in the letters page. It was already had some really, they were all like positive response to Transformers number one Mm -hmm. and uh, all the stuff that uh, was happening there. Um, Oh, yeah, they have a hashtag where is Megatron now. So that's so, you know, he's. (laughs) He's uh he says yeah Megatron he's uh, he's got big plans for Megatron's arrival so yes Megatron is in play he will be make I I imagine before the end of this six issue arc he will be making an appearance so um yeah hashtag where is Megatron <laughs> so use that on your social media <laughs> he should be easier to spot than Waldo. <laughs> so 
All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. Uh, why don't you guys write in and tell us what you thought of Transformers number two? Uh, send us a voicemail at transmissionspodcast.com slash feedback or uh, send us send us an email or send comments right at the right in this video uh, if you're watching on YouTube or you can send comments to the website. Uh, but yeah, I hope uh, you guys are enjoying Transformers number two as much as we are. And uh, we're looking forward to more. So uh, that'll do it for this episode. Of course, at the end of every episode, we give a shout out to our Masterpiece Donatrons. So those are the folks who continue to support the podcast at our highest level on Patreon. So thank you once again to John 4X Levengood and Demon Tech 82. We really appreciate your support. And uh, Apollo, we appreciate your support. Thank you again for joining us this week. And uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, you're welcome. I always enjoy being on here. So um, you can find me at the site formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at RoboPolo. I've been busy making a lot of artwork, so you can check that out. Uh, there's also the Transmissions Discord I'm a part of. Um, it's an awesome community where we all chat about Transformers and other media. Uh, there is a unofficial hangout session on Discord. It's um, every Wednesday from starting at around 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, um, yeah, if you want to talk Transformers, check that out, too. Awesome. Yeah, you can find uh, our Discord server at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. That's where you can get the invite. So very easy to join up. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for watching and listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. See ya. I mean, later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time.